Welcome to the Why God Why podcast. My name is Peter Engler. We are here to respond to the questions that you don't feel comfortable asking in church. We are part of the wonderful Lumavaz podcast network out of Saddleback Church, and we are in the beginnings of a series called The Credibility of Christianity, and I am here with our producer, Nathan Yoder, and our co-host, Alyssa Matz, and today we have an episode about prayer. And I'm actually, Alyssa, why don't you kind of jump in? Who are we talking to? What are we talking about? And go from there. Yeah. So I'm very, very, very excited for this episode for like more than one reason. The first reason is the topic. Obviously, I'm very excited to talk about prayer. I think it's something that we do a lot in church, but we don't talk about a lot in church, if that makes sense. Mm. Right. Does that make sense? Um, and the mm-hmm. second reason that I'm excited for this episode is because we're getting to talk to one of my friends from the past, a couple of years ago we met, um, Brittany Dykus. Um, and I'm super excited to have her on here. Um, I'm just going to give a little bit of background about Brittany. Okay. Go ahead. So I met Brittany, like, I guess it's over two years ago now. At, um, Crazy. Yeah, I know. At this retreat, it was called How to Write a Book. Um, and Jefferson Bethke, um, a Christian author, he put on the retreat. And so me and Brittany, we were both there, um, as well as like a whole group of like other amazing people who were all interested in writing a book. Um, I haven't written mine yet, so that's not a thing. But the cool thing is, less than two years later, Brittany wrote hers. She wrote a book. Um, it's called Amen, and it's a six-week study on prayer, um, and it's all it goes through the different types of prayer and how to pray and what prayer is and why we pray, and so that's why I'm really excited to have her on for this topic. Well, before we go any further, because the book's like on your side, for our viewers, you should right show. There we go. There it is. She wrote, look how thick it is. Woo-woo. It's so good. <laughs> she spent so much time on this, and it was so cool because I got to see like not see her whole journey obviously it's not like I like talk to her every day or anything but like to like be there with her when she was just thinking about this idea and talking about it in our like um group at the the retreat and then to like now I'm like holding her book and reading it in my hands I don't know it's just really cool to see like God work in that way well that's awesome and um you know our question today is why do I have to pray? And then parentheses, uh, honestly, does it even work? So we're going to jump into that. And especially, you know, now when this podcast comes out, I think there's some struggles with bad things happening in the world, thoughts and prayers, like we say that. And then, you know, just this idea, there's a reopening to prayer, but there's a wondering, does it even work? But before we get there, what I want to do, Brittany, is um, besides you being a, a prayer, an author, you know, just tell us a little bit, who is Brittany Dykus? <laughs> well, that's a broad question. How much time do we have? Um, teasing. Um, yeah. So first of all, thank you guys so much for having me on here. Um, this is so much fun for me. This is actually my first podcast. So if I'm like doing anything weird, like, you, you know, like, is it... Um, it's not Ron Burgundy. It's like the guy from Talladega Nights where he's like, I don't know what to do with my hands. If that happens to me at any point and you're like, 
maybe not that just guide me um but all that said i'm so excited to be here so thank you guys for having me um a little bit of my background so i am currently enrolled at talbot school of theology in a masters of bible exposition program i'm going super super slow i only take one class a semester so i like lovingly say i'm in my eighth semester of seminary <laughs> which is not normal um but i i transparently, I actually love going slow because it allows me to really take in the information. The reason why I'm going slow is because I'm I'm actually not in ministry full time. Um, I have a full time job in sales and marketing. I'm very involved at my church. Um, I but I I really just believe that we as Christians are called to use the gifts and the skill sets and the passion points that God has given us for the glory of the kingdom. So you know, maybe someday I'll end up in ministry full time. But for now, I really enjoy being in the business sector and um, and then seeing how God can use early mornings and late nights and weekends studying and writing and um, hopefully pointing others back to him. Um, I was just thinking because you were talking about how you don't have a your degree yet, like you're still in school, you're not working in ministry full time. But I just wanted to give you a quick shout out um, because you preached this past Sunday at your church. And I wanted I to prepare to talk to you today. So I listened to your message this morning and it was really, really good. So I just want to just encourage you and like encourage any listeners, like if they want to hear more from Brittany to go your name, the name of your church is Open Door Church, right? Yeah, it's called yeah. Church of the Open Door. Of the uh, Open Door. My, my sermon will also be on my website on BrittanyDykus.com. Oh, yeah. So if that's easier to remember. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was really, really good and encouraging. What, um... So just to get to know you for our listeners, because this is a pretty broad topic, and I think you're yeah. you're more than just your book on prayer, but what was the first fiction chapter book you ever read as a kid or that you remember? Hmm. Um, I was really big into Chronicles of Narnia as a kid. Um, I also loved, this is really niche, but McGee and Me had books if you're like a church kid who grew up in like the late 80s, early 90s, um, I I really liked those books too, or like the Adventures in Odyssey books and also books on tape, a vibe. Um, but yeah, I I was pretty sheltered. So like any, any sort of ni- early 90s Christian book was probably my fiction choice at the time. La- last really fun question to get to know you. What was the last yeah. song you listened to within the last 24 hours? Oh, um, I'm not sure, but I guarantee it was by Taylor Swift. Yes, <laughs> Swifties. My, yeah, my, I'm as big a Swiftie as they come. My uh, my five-year-old went from Coco Melon to Disney Princesses to Taylor Swift faster than ever. But anyways. She has good taste. Uh, she probably does, but I don't. So I don't know. Honestly, I love that for her. That feels like a great pipeline to be a part of. <laughs> yeah. So this is kind of a question of transition <laughs> that I'm going to let Alyssa take over. But uh, who who do you think was the biggest influencer that either modeled or taught you how to pray? Hmm. Great question. Um, I don't I don't know in my experience. I don't know if there was one specific person. I think like Alyssa sort of alluded to when we first started chatting you know, as Christians, we see prayer pop up all around us, you know, depending on our background, it can start as very young children, we might see it modeled before dinner, or obviously, like we start and end church services with prayer. So there's, you know, pastoral influences or small group leader influences. So 
I mean, for me, I don't know that there was one specific person. I think it was more observing in my in my sphere of being influenced as a child um, that probably shaped me at least to start. Um, but then as I got older, I really ended up with a lot of questions. And I heard so many of those questions echoed in the people around me as an adult. Mm. And it really just felt like, man, okay, we see prayer modeled publicly. So maybe not like the deepest, most authentic prayers do we see modeled, but we see prayer modeled publicly. And we talk about it all the time as Christians. Um, but to Alyssa's point, like people aren't actually talking about it mm. or why we do it or you know how maybe we should be approaching it or what the heart posture should be behind prayer like we don't talk about it i've just sort of seen it modeled often by several different people um and that's shaped me but it it wasn't sufficient for me mm, that makes a lot of sense and i think there's probably a lot of people that can resonate with that like just doing things because that's what we've always done and not really understanding like the why behind it. I feel like we do mm -hmm. that a lot, especially as Christians. Mm. Well, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to jump into another question if you're ready for it, Brittany. Yeah, bring it on. Okay. So our question of the day, like the thing that we're talking about is um, why do I have to pray? Honestly, does it even work? And mm -hmm. I was just wondering if you're sitting at a coffee shop, if you're at a Taylor Swift concert, if you're at church even, um, and mm -hmm. someone walks up to you, Brittany, and asks that question, they just flat out ask you, Brittany, why do I have to pray? Like, does it even work? How would you answer that? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's an underlying question that many Christians have and don't necessarily feel comfortable actually expressing. So like I said, I could not be more thrilled to be talking with you guys about this. Um, it, it's not even like a hypothetical if. It really is a win because people have flat out said that to me is like, well, why do I even have to do this and what's the point? Um, the first question that's always sort of like at the top of my heart when I hear that is like, well, no condemnation at all, but like keeping it real with each other authentically, like, what do you what are you trying to get at when you say that? And like, what are you actually trying to do when you pray? Um, because sometimes I think that we have this unspoken subconscious notion that the purpose of prayer is to like get God to do what we want. Like we almost treat him like a magic genie where it's like, hey, here's my wish. Are you going to grant it or not? And when we approach it that way, it's very easy to become discouraged in that because the reality is like God doesn't always do what we want, obviously. So then a lot of times this question of like, well, what's even the point of praying can sort of callous over our hearts and and bubble to the surface. And so um, the answer that I think is maybe a better heart posture as we think about prayer is, you know, again and again, a theme of scripture is that God wants a relationship with us. And in the same way that any other relationship in our lives, like if we take our like church hats off for a second and just think about like relational human beings, if you think about your spouse or your significant other or your best friend or whomever, like if you're not engaging with that person in regular, meaningful, intimate conversation, then your relationship with that person probably isn't going to last. And if it does last, it's probably not going to be a very deep relationship. So first and foremost, I would just say like, 
when the when the question that's bubbling up is like, well, why do I even have to do this? I think we almost need to reframe it as like, well, how do you maintain a relationship with someone who wants to be in an intimate, deep, meaningful relationship with you? And the answer to that, of course, is like, you talk about what's on each of your hearts. Mm. And that's ultimately what prayer is. So I want to come back to your story because it, it seems like the reason you wrote this book was kind of the question that you were asking. And we have mm-hmm. a lot of people that follow Jesus that listen to this podcast, but we also have a lot of people mm-hmm. in their 20s that they're doubting, they're deconstructing. So this credibility of mm-hmm. like, does prayer even make a difference? And where I want to go with your story is you talked about um, people modeled it, but they didn't really teach it. And probably they didn't really talk about it. So take us on your journey through prayer of, I wish someone would have told me this when I was 16. I wish someone would have told Mm -hmm. me this four or five years ago. Like what were those things? And maybe what did you discover on this journey as you were praying? Mm, Yeah, great question. Um, So I guess just to like get into a little bit of my background with the church in general. Um, So I was raised in the church, um, as I already mentioned, (laughs) by starting off strong with the Chronicles of Narnia reference from my childhood. Um, So I was raised in the church. I ended up going to Christian college. Um, I went to Biola University in Southern California. However, um, like many 18-year-olds who are experiencing their freshman year of college, I was like, I was not interested (laughs) in following the Lord and or following the stipulations that were in the contract that we had to sign to go to Biola. So um, I certainly was not living for the Lord and I just couldn't have really cared less about a relationship with him, um, despite having a pretty strong background in the church and, you know, all of the things that come with being raised as a Christian. Um, And so when I started to sort of like circle back in my early 20s to, okay, well, hold on a second, like my faith actually is important to me. What does it look like to start living this out? Um, Prayer was not really a part of that conversation. Um, I started off by just like trying to find a church in the city that I lived in, um, which was and still is Minneapolis, Minnesota. Um, After finding a church, I basically just started like looking for opportunities to get plugged in. Um, I did actually have one pretty aggressive prayer at one point where I was really upset that I hadn't built a community in Minneapolis. And I I just like yelled at God. I was like, if you're going to make me stay here, because I didn't want to live here. Um, I was like, if you're going to make me stay here, you better give me some Christian friends. And the next day, um, a person who I had worked with followed me on Twitter, of all places. And I saw in her bio that she was a follower of Jesus, as she said. And when I reached out to her, she was like, hey, we're starting a new Bible study in just a couple of weeks. Do you want to come? Um, So then through sort of digging into this Bible study group, we ended up doing a a study by, I think it was, um, I know it was a study by Beth Moore. I believe it was her fruit of the spirit study. And in that study, she sort of brought to the surface this concept of a prayer journal, which was not something that I had ever considered previously. I I had really only seen prayer modeled at that point as you know, a verbal, like an external verbal thing that was said aloud. Um, And so in, in her discussions about prayer, she sort of loosely said, you know, my recommendation to you would be to have a prayer journal where you talk through confessions, concerns, and praises. And those were the three categories of prayer that I then started writing um, initially very loosely. And then over time, they obviously got more and more, uh, 
detailed. And over time, um, that Bible study group became um, a staple of my life. And I ended up hosting that group. And over time, as I grew in this in this act of written prayer, um, people in my small group were actually the ones who were asking a lot of questions. Um, they were the ones who were saying things like, hey, like, like, what were those categories again that you write in your prayer journal? And um, they were the ones saying like, all right, like, teach me how to do this. Like, I actually don't know a ton about this. And then they started asking like, well, how did you come up with this? And like, is this biblical? Like, is this biblical? Like where, what does the Bible actually say about prayer? Um, and so through those questions and also the objections that I started to sort of hear in my, uh, in my sphere of influence, both Christian and non-Christian alike, that was ultimately the motivation to, mm -hmm. to write this book. That's really cool. I love that you kind of got led into leading others through mm. like, learning yourself does that make sense mm -hmm. oh yeah totally yeah like you were on your own journey discovering prayer trying to answer questions about it and then as you were learning you kind of brought other people along with you and they began following your journey and like look what it's turned into yeah. And I honestly, Alyssa, I hope that that's how it always is throughout this journey of teaching, preaching, writing, whatever, whatever this calling evolves into. Like I call myself pretty consistently, both in writing and in teaching. I call myself the lead learner because like you can teach what you don't know, but you probably shouldn't. So I hope that that is always the posture um, that I'm that I'm taking in everything that I write and teach is like I, I need to learn it first and I want to learn it first. Um and then, you know, if other people are are pointed to the Lord and blessed along the way of getting to hear the things that I've had to learn, then it's a win. Wow. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Thank you for doing that. I want to go back to something that you said, like in the middle of your talking there. And that mm -hmm. was about um, the different objections that you heard from people, both Christian and non-Christian. I just want to like lean into that a little bit more and maybe hear a few mm. of those objections that you were hearing. Um, like, what are those objections that you think people have to prayer? Yeah, definitely. Um, so before I even get into them, I will say like, I am a salesperson at heart. And so if, you know, anyone out there ever does end up doing amen as a Bible study, the entire first week of the six week journey is actually dedicated to overcoming these objections. Because the reality is, if if what I'm about to say, if this is like turmoil in our heart, until we put that to bed, it's going to be really difficult to like actually move forward and learn about prayer. So mm. if any of these objections, you like feel it in your gut and you're like, oh my gosh, yes, like that is me. I've never, maybe I've never said it out loud. Like how does she know? But just know one, one no, you're not alone because these objections mm. are very common. Um, and two, like I don't know, like maybe dive in, like maybe take a step closer and use this as a resource and just sort of start like continue exploring what it would look like to actually dismantle that um, objection to prayer and then lean in a little further. So um, the objections that are that we chat through in week one are things like, um, you know, I'm not really far enough along in my faith yet. Like once I get a little more spiritually mature and once I feel better about where I'm at with my faith, th then I can pray. Um, so that's one thing we talk about. We also talk about the idea that um, I know I can feel sometimes, which is like, I think God would rather hear from my pastor or my small group leader or anyone who I view as more spiritual than me. I think that God would rather hear from them 
than than little old me. Um, an objection that I had to work really hard uh, in wrestling with the Holy Spirit to overcome was um, I'm not I'm not anywhere close to perfect. <laughs> in fact, you have no idea the things that I have done and who in the world would I be to make even the slightest attempt to approach the God of the universe. Like he, he certainly does not want to hear from me with my past. Um, so that's one that we dig into in, in the first week. Um, we also dig into the feeling that I've heard again and again from folks, which is like, you know, God has so many things bigger and better than anything that could possibly be going on in my life. God has bigger and better things that he needs to worry about. I shouldn't be bothering him with what is, relatively speaking, from a human perspective, a much smaller concern. So that's something mm -hmm. that we that we explore in week one. Um, and then just overall, I would say one of the themes of Amen as a whole is this objection of like, well, I don't even know what I'm supposed to say. Like when I'm when I sit down to pray, like what in the world am I supposed to even talk about, include, what should my heart posture look like, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. Um, so that is sort of like the overarching question is like, well, what do I even say and how do I even do this? So then the rest of the study um, after week one, after we overcome those objections, sort of explores that question in a handful of different genres. So I, I kind of want to come to, I, I think that those are super helpful. I mean, just transparently, I'm a pastor. I've asked those too, so I'm not. Yeah. You know, and I actually think it's pretty powerful that your day job is marketing, not ministry, like in the mm -hmm. sense there's that's a whole nother podcast episode. But <laughs> what you do is ministry and marketing. But anyways, um, where I want to go with that is so our culture is really spiritual right now. Uh, mm -hmm. There's this idea out there. There's more apps for prayer and meditation. And as a McGee and me kid also like it's not as separate as we think like you know you can download an app now to reflect on your day gratitude like and yeah. these are all things that are associated with christianity why why would i pray to jesus like why mm. would i even try if i can kind of spiritually pray to the universe or like i i think that that might be one of I think some of your objections touched on that, but why risk it? Why, mm -hmm. why try to pray to Jesus to get things figured out when I could just meditate or do these things on my own? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I mean, at its core, I feel like that question sort of goes back to like, well, what actually is the purpose of prayer? Because like even the way you framed the question, Peter, like, well, if I'm, why would I look to Jesus to like get things figured out and like what to do? Um, and again, that in a way goes back to getting what I want. Like I want things figured out. I want direction, whatever it is. Um, but what we see in scripture again and again is that the purpose of prayer is it, it's not to get what we want. Mm -hmm. It's to align our hearts with what God wants. And no amount of meditating or manifesting or any sort of like Eastern spirituality <laughs> type of prayer, prayer using air quotes, um, any, any of those things is not going to get you closer to the heart of God. Um, so I think there's almost like a secondary question too of like, well, who, 
who are you who are you even praying to and what are you who, who are you trying to shape yourself to be like um because i think in regards to christian prayer and drawing near to jesus um through the holy spirit it really is about shaping our hearts um to want what god wants and that is a very relational driven motivation rather than a personal benefit motivation does that make sense it does and i love the way that you you frame that back because that's not an easy thing to necessarily say but um i've listened to a ton of podcasts read some books about mysticism and what's really interesting is you mentioned like eastern it's almost as if in america we've tried to take eastern principles and make them western like totally and so that's a whole nother podcast but mm -hmm. What I want to do with you is, you know, we have the gamut of listeners. There's listeners that have been following Jesus for a really long time. And then there's inter yeah. listeners that, okay, I'll give this Jesus prayer a chance. You have, <laughs> you have like uh, five different ways, you call them genres, I'll call them ways of praying. Why don't you walk through each of those five and help us kind of see, you know, making the connection what happens in us, not what it does for mm. us, but what happens in us when we pray in these five different genres or five different ways? Yeah. So before I even get into like the five specific genres of prayer, um, one thing that I just want to make super clear is the reason why Amen is structured in this way. And the reason why we do dive into these five different basically five different head spaces of, of that we are in when we pray um, is because in the very beginning process of just thinking through like, what would it even look like to write a study on prayer? Like what would need to be included and what would make sense um, for a book of this nature? I was having conversations with people and it was so funny because what I realized is that I had a lot of assumptions about prayers that came naturally to me and that I then assumed must be very natural for everyone. So mm -hmm. I was at um, coffee with a girlfriend of mine at the very beginning process of writing this study. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, like it's so easy for us to get self-focused and to just complain and complain and talk about the things that are on our hearts. But it's like, you know, we also need to be reminded sometimes that prayers of intercession exist and that we really need to pray for others too. And my friend looks at me like dumbfounded over her coffee. And she was like, um, actually I almost exclusively pray for other people because it feels like the only time where I can justify bothering God, but mm. I never bring him things in my own life. So it was this first moment where I was like, oh my goodness, like our starting points for prayer and for sort of the emotional headspace that we're bringing when we pray, it is so different person to person. And we can't make assumptions that just because we might feel comfortable with a certain type, other people also feel comfortable or vice versa, that just because we're uncomfortable, everyone around us is uncomfortable too. So um, I, I made the decision to dive into five different, I call them genres of prayer, which just for the record, Peter, I know you said like, oh, I call them ways. The reason why I call them genres is because very similar to like, again, if we take our, our church hats off for a second and just think as humans, um, if you think about music, you're probably in a very different headspace when you are listening to like mm. 
Def Leppard, who I do not listen to. That was probably a really bad example. But you're probably in a very different headspace when you listen to that genre of music than when you're turning on Phil Wickham and listening to worship music, right? Or you're in a very, like if you think about books or movies, you're in a very different headspace when you start to read Harry Potter than when you start to read Romeo and Juliet by Shakespeare, right? Like genres sort of help give us mental frameworks Mm. or boundaries for like, what can I actually expect here when I press play or when I open up a new book? Like the genre helps get us in the mental headspace for what to expect. So in the same way with prayer, there are these five different genres that we find in scripture again and again, that the reason why I identify them as genres is because thinking of them in that terms helps us sort of get in the right headspace and sort of Mm. have these these guidelines of understanding for what what these might be used for during different times of our day of our week of our lives whatever does that make sense Mm -hmm. so um the five genres that are explored in amen which this is not a comprehensive list there are certainly other types of prayers that can be found in scripture but these are the five that um i found to be the most uh needed in my own life and in my sphere of influence based on the conversations that I was having with folks. So um, in week two, we go into prayers of confession, um, which I transparently did not want to do first. (laughs) I was like kind of annoyed at the Lord when he gave me this outline of of what this study could look like. I actively did not want to start with confession um, because I think a lot of us – have perhaps had experiences in the church, especially if people were raised like Catholic um, or in like a Lutheran faith where there can be a lot of guilt and shame that's associated with their church experience. And so to start with prayers of confession, I was like, oh Lord, like, are we just going to be triggering people left and right? Like, I don't know if this is where we want to like start off is by jumping into the deep end with prayers of confession. Um, But what what I just felt like the Lord was pressing on my heart again and again is no, actually the beauty of prayers of confession is that it allows us to get into a posture of authenticity and humility before the Lord. And ultimately the prayer of confession that we dive into in um, week two of amen also shows us the beauty of forgiveness and restoration and God still actively choosing to use, um, the person who who prayed the prayer of confession that we dive into. And so we start off, like I said, kind of diving into the deep end with prayers of confession. But, you know, the reality is the world is broken. Any of us can look around our, our individual lives and also the greater scope of the world. We can look around anywhere and see that there is brokenness in the world. And we can also see places where we've contributed to that brokenness. And so there is a need for confession. And if we allow the Holy Spirit to really be working in our hearts through prayers of confession, then that heart posture can very easily transition into one of restoration and forgiveness and, you know, God bringing beauty from ashes. So that's um, the first genre is prayers of confession. The next genre that we explore is um, what I call prayers of concern. Um, And so this is something that we explore in the book of Habakkuk. And this is something that for me, and again, this is not for everyone, but for me, prayers of confession were like my home base where it's like, Lord, I'm just going to unload on you and tell you all of the things that I am concerned about. So the headspace here is just really sort of searching our own hearts and thinking through like, okay, 
what are the things that are top of mind for me in terms of things that I am worried about, things that are impacting my life directly. Um, that's that's sort of the genre of prayers of con of concern. So the next genre that we then dig into um, in week four, which spoiler alert for anyone who does end up doing the study, this ended up being my favorite week by far was prayers of lament. So a prayer of lament is a prayer of grief and wailing with other Christians um, on behalf of the brokenness that we see in the world. So it's sort of zooming out from our individual lives and really looking at the brokenness of the world and and grieving together over it, which for me, in my experience, um, the practice of lament was not something that I had ever been taught about growing up in the church. I think the first time I even heard it referenced as a practice that we could do today was when I was like, almost 30. I think it was like during COVID that I heard about it as a practice for the first time. So, um, but what's interesting is that if we look at the book of, of Psalms, one third of the Psalms are prayers of lament. So there's, it's such a model in the biblical text. And yet it's like this underutilized weapon in our spiritual arsenal is prayers of lament. So um, the beauty of lament and the reason why I love it so much is because it really opens the door to like full fledged heart as raw as it can possibly get authenticity before the Lord. Um, and what we see in scripture is like when you're in that space of grief and wailing, like you get to throw accusations at God, you get to tell him exactly what you think you get to yell, you get to weep. Um, I mentioned earlier to you guys when we were offline, I'm an Enneagram eight. So I feel emotions very, very, very deeply. Um, and so for me, prayers of lament were really this like permission slip to actually feel the things that I was feeling at a very deep level right before the Lord. Um, so that's um, week four is prayers of lament. Week five, we explore prayers of praise. So obviously the headspace in prayers of praise is when things are beautiful and feel whole and right. And there's just the, all you can see around you is like the goodness of God and others. Um, and so we explore a prayer of praise in the book of Daniel. Um, and then finally, Amen wraps up with a, a discussion and a week of study on prayers of intercession, which that's like such a Christianese word. So if you don't ever want to use that word, that's completely fine. You can just say prayers for other people. Um, and so we talk about what that looked like in the Maya and how he prayed for others and sort of how through all of those genres, um, the question really is twofold. It's like, one, um, what are we seeing here in the biblical text? Why is this person praying? What are some of the cultural and historical uh, touch points that sort of impact what's going on in this story? What are they including in their prayers? And then ultimately, like, how can we apply certain elements or heart postures from their prayers how can we apply those into our own prayer lives? So it's really this, this combination of both head knowledge and heart application. And um, that's what we do throughout all five genres. Wow, that's really good. Um, I feel like I've said that about everything that you say. <laughs> um, but no, it is because I feel like, and maybe this is just an assumption that I'm making, um, I feel like oftentimes, maybe based on our upbringing or based on our perception of prayer, um, maybe people can have this idea that prayer is like one thing or another. Um, mm -hmm. Like, 
oh, like prayer is just asking God for things or, oh, you just pray when you're praising God and it's rude to ask him for things. Or I don't know, like just having some idea of like what prayer should look like. Um, But I just love how you described it. I like how you described it as genres actually um, and different moods or attitudes um, that we're feeling and that we can pray in each of those different ways and it doesn't have to look the same every time we don't have to feel the same way every time we don't have to say the same things every time we don't even have to say anything at all um so Mm -hmm. i just really like how you broke that down and made it i don't know it just it feels real um and it Mm. feel it feels like real life um and it doesn't feel fake um like sometimes prayers can can feel i feel like in the christian world have this like shiny, um, happy Christian um, covering over them. Um, so yeah. I don't, I just, I like the rawness to the genres that you broke down, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, um, what I'll say too, Alyssa, is like I get really frustrated with that shiny Christian exterior that we see so often in the church or that's sort of perpetuated as like, this is what prayer should look like because. As we explore the pages of scripture, what we'll find again and again is like, actually, that is not what prayer looks like Mm. in the Bible. Mm -hmm. Prayer is raw. Prayer is emotional. Prayer is authentic. And again and again and again, what we see in scripture is God saying to his people, I don't want your shiny, polished exterior because let's be honest, it's absolute garbage. What I want from you is I want the authenticity of your hearts. I don't care how ugly it is. I don't care how emotional it is. Like I want you to be real with me and I want to be in an intimate relationship with you that is true and that is real. And he's not going to let us stay there (laughs) because he has, you know, so much more for us as we are molded to look like him. But at our starting point, that is what God wants from us is truly the authentic truth of our hearts. And that is what we see in scripture. And so I hope that's what people take away as they do this study. I felt some Enneagram eight energy and I'm ready to go. I love it. <laughs> that was great. Let's keep it going. Let's keep out the energy. Well, so I'm really glad that you explained <laughs> genres because I think that's helpful for our listeners and that and I, I really like the word headspace. So I think where where I kind of want to push you is kind of you know, we've talked about Western and Eastern thinking. We're not necessarily a philosophical podcast, but to design it. But, you know, we had this guest uh, on one of our show's uh, episodes. Her name's Carolyn Carney. She wrote The Power of Group Prayer. And to really sum up, like, the episode, she's like, at what point do we just start praying for things that matter? And, Mm. you know, so we talked a lot about, like, when you're in a group, somebody's like, hey, you know, my aunt Susie broke her toe and, you know, just these weird things, like Christians do these weird things. But I think what you're kind of pushing us to think about is like meditation isn't just turning your brain off and prayer is not just this transaction, but like it actually leads you to see God in life Mm. in real time. Or is there another way that you would say that? Um, Well, I think I agree with everything you said, Peter, 100%. Um, I think the only thing that I would add to it, and I know that I've sort of I've said this a few different times, but I do think it's so important. We as Christians are so quick to fall into like Christianese and hyper spiritualizing things. And sometimes it's like, no, like, just think like a human being. (laughs) And I think if we think 
if we know that what God has expressed to us again and again is that he wants a relationship with us, then I think what we really need to focus on is like, well, what what are the qualities then of a solid relationship? Mm. And so reflect on the the deepest, most intimate, most safe relationship that you have in your life could be with anyone, family member, you know, spouse, loved one, whatever. And like, what do your conversations consist of? And in fact, actually in the study, I have people go to one of their text threads with someone who they identify as like a deep, intimate relationship. And I say, just scroll through. What do you see? Chances are you probably see like funny things. You probably see updates about meaningless things in your day. You probably see things that are really challenging for you to share with anybody else, but you share it with that person because they're safe and they're the one that you go to with your problems. Um, you, you probably see the depths, the highs and the lows of your heart that are expressed to that person. And like, realistically, that is the type of relationship that God is looking for with us. And so um, I I share your frustration about praying for Aunt Susie's toe. Um, I was once in a small group where someone asked for prayer over what uh, what like stones they should be using on their new patio. And I was like, I can't pray for this. Um, <laughs> so like, I, I hear that for sure. And also like, I do believe that in the same way that your best friend, like is very curious about what you had for lunch and how it was. And also they really care about how your heart is doing after you've had it shattered by a breakup. I do believe that God is the same way in his relationship with us. You know, I want to challenge you just uh, on a point because yeah. you said, hey, like, look at your text thread. I, I'm sure some of our listeners are going to say, I don't have any deep relationships. Mm-hmm. And they might look through their text threads and it's a bunch of mean girls memes, um, mm-hmm. you know, for us that are in our 30s um, here. <laughs> um you know, it, it's interesting. I'll just tell you this because maybe it'll just kind of spark because I think some people are like, I want to go deeper and they don't know what it looks like. I, I was having um, coffee with my friend Cody. Um, he attends Browncroft and he like just threw me this question that I knew like, so I'm 37 years old. I'm kind of hitting that middle point in life. Got a wife, two daughters. And he's like, have you ever wondered is this just it? Hmm. And I was like, I I was like relieved that someone said that. And like even we don't have time to unpack all the the stuff, but I'm like, you know, I was left with the question like, am I more ambitious about my life than God is? Like, do do I want hmm. like and even like just as we kind of talked about, like, there's obviously some dreams and aspirations and you know, do you always know if it's coming from the fact that you want to achieve and things like that? So I just kind of want to help our listeners and maybe even for you to kind of share like, like when I think about what you're saying, like who's the person that like says, hey, have you ever asked, is this it in life? Like, is it because I think people have a really hard time going there and what that looks like. So I don't know what that question or thought might be for you. Yeah. Um, Well, in regards to that question of like, is this seriously all there is? um, I think I would really 
point folks to the book of Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Um, my church is actually going through a 12-week sermon series on Ecclesiastes right now. So to Alyssa's point earlier, I'm I'm just coming out of the thick of preaching on Ecclesiastes 5, 1 through 7. So it's super top of mind. Um, but for for anyone who's not familiar with that book of the Bible, its its purpose really is to answer that question. Like, mm-hmm. what is the point? And as you go through the book of Ecclesiastes, the the teacher, the Kohelet in that book, he basically functions as like a spiritual garbage collector. And he takes all of the things that we typically try to find meaning in, that we mm. try to say like, well, this is what life is all about. And he, he like systematically dismantles every single one of them and says, no, actually, that is totally pointless. That is completely meaningless in the grand scheme of zoomed out like the world. Um, And where he nets out and what the purpose of Ecclesiastes is, is to draw people's eyes back to the Lord and to say, actually, the only place where you are going to find purpose, the only thing that Mm -hmm. actually matters in life is standing in awe of God and in being in close, intimate relationship with him. And the way that that looks for for each individual human is going to be it's going to be totally different for me than it is for you peter than it is for you Alyssa. like what it looks like to be in intimate relationship with god and ultimately ask him the question of like lord how do you want me to use my skill sets gifts and passion points Mm -hmm. for you the answer to that question is going to look different for each individual person and how beautiful is that that each of us get to draw closer to god and serve him in a way that is already like innately within us as our passions and desires. Um, so anyway, I, that's a long-winded way of saying like, I, I think the question of like, is this it? And what's the point of this? I think that more people should actually ask that question and should explore where they can find true meaning because there's really only one place. And just a quick follow-up. I mean, that was a great way to respond. Like what, for people that like this isn't natural what's maybe mm. one or two deep questions that you would you would push them to like hey mm. this is where you get like this is for you to really reflect on your life maybe a question that you ask that you're like i know i'm getting somewhere because i'm asking this deep question um well the question that's coming to mind right now especially like in the context of this conversation for anyone who's listening and who's not a follower of jesus would be like we've i've talked a lot about authenticity in this conversation and how we see it again and again and how that's ultimately what god wants from us so i guess my question for for folks listening would be like how does your soul respond to hearing that that's what god wants from you Mm -hmm. not that he wants a shiny polished exterior not that he wants you to do good things, not that he wants you to give up that habit that you really don't want to give up. Like, no, how does your soul respond to hearing that what God wants from you is authenticity and the Mm. truth? That's so good. I feel like I just watched like a counseling session or something like (laughs) Peter's like (laughs) divulging his like deepest feelings to Brittany. You just met. That's good. Well, I mean, it's the bull, but I do... I, I think the reason I wanted to push b- all of us because mm-hmm. I think we love the idea of authenticity mm-hmm. and transparency. Mm-hmm. We love it for other people, but we don't necessarily love mm-hmm. it for ourselves. Yeah. And so like, yeah. I, I think that when it comes to prayer, it should be the safest place for you to be you. Um, and if you don't have that in any relationships, 
Like this is an invitation to do that with Jesus. And then what a gift yeah. that is to the other people in your life. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No well, doubt. I guess on the theme of being authentic and vulnerable, I kind of want to dig a little bit deep here for a minute. Do I have permission to ask kind of a, a hard question, maybe lean a little yeah. bit into apologetics or credibility, if that's okay with you, Brittany? Okay. Um, well, we were just talking about how yeah, people for pray. Sure. Please do. Okay. We were just talking about how people pray for like small things, right? Like for um, for Aunt Susie's toe or for the stones on their porch or whatever it is, okay? I want to leave room for having compassion for people who are mm. praying for big things um, because I feel like yeah. that maybe another common objection um, that we may hear from people or just a common hurt or pain that people are going through is I've prayed for this thing for years or I've prayed mm. so hard for this specific area in my life to be healed or or there's huge hurt and pain that's going on in the world and people have been praying about it for years. Why hasn't God answered yeah. that prayer? So I want to leave space to like kind of address that and mm. um I think to talk about it because I think those are real questions and real like hurts that people have. And I think we can't just ignore that and, and brush it over and make it shiny. Like, like we yeah. were just complaining about Christians doing. Um, so like, how would you respond to the people with those types of questions? Like the bigger questions about prayer that, that bring up a lot of pain and hurt for people. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, first of all, just affirm everything that you said, Alyssa, like there is so much hurt in like big picture of the world and also in our individual lives that perhaps we've been praying about for weeks, months, years, decades, and we're just not getting the answer that we want in that prayer. Mm -hmm. um, and that that for sure does lead to pain and oftentimes doubt and questioning like, well, is God even hearing me? Like, what the heck? Like, why is this not the answer that I want to be receiving? Um, and something that we talk about in prayers of concern specifically as we're exploring Habakkuk's prayer is um, Habakkuk definitely did not get the answer he wanted either. Um, mm -hmm. He was praying that the Lord would bring justice to, his, to Israel and instead um, he brought the Babylonians and like everything was destroyed. Like Habakkuk's life was turned on its head um, and the people that he loved likely were, you know, probably killed if they were there when the Babylonians invaded. And so we asked this question like, okay, what does it look like to accept that the, th the answer that I want the answer that I'm praying for with the hope of getting, what does it look like to reflect with the Lord and really come to terms with like, that may not be ultimately the answer that God gives. Mm -hmm. However, he he's going to give an answer. It just might not be the answer that we actually wanted when we were praying. Um, and I do think there's a little bit of, like I said, sort of a heart posture shift of am I praying to get what I want or am I praying to align my heart with what God wants and or am I willing to surrender my ideas 
and my expectations of what is good in this situation and surrender that to the reality that like we serve a God who's infinite and who's omniscient and we will never know and see all that he knows and sees. And unfortunately, there does have to be an element of like open-handed trust and surrender in that even when it hurts us. And when it does hurt us, we are allowed to say that to God. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that's helpful, but that's where my head goes. I, I think so. I love the way that um, Alyssa frames it. One of my favorite things about Alyssa and co-hosting is just how real she makes a lot of the questions. And, you know, I think as we're kind of coming to a close, what what I'm hearing just in Alyssa's last great question and from you, there's far more reality in prayer um, yeah. that when you read the Bible, like God says no and life mm-hmm. is really hard. And it's as if the Bible doesn't run from reality and God doesn't run from reality. And yes. in prayer, we can enter into a, a deeper reality. I, I think that that's one of the big things I'm leaving from this conversation. Would you say it differently or similar? Um, No, I think that's dead on, Peter. And I think that's one of the beautiful things that we get to experience when we choose to maybe push past our fear, maybe push past our doubt and choose to take a step closer to scripture and actually explore what scripture says. What you just expressed is exactly what we see. And I think even though that can be hard, there's still something so beautiful in that. Mm. Wow. Uh, this was, this was a lot, a lot of good things, but it was a lot of, I think our listeners are going to have a lot to think about. Um, I, Alyssa, I don't know if you knew this, we kind of changed the format to final remarks. So I'm actually going to give you the choice. Do you, do you want to do final remarks or what does Jesus want to talk about? Oh, I didn't know we changed the four. Oh, cool. Fun. Um, it accidentally happened on one podcast and then it like switched. So listeners, this is this is the way we do things, you know? Cool. There you go. Formal um, announcement. I guess I'll do some final remarks and maybe I'll squeeze in a little bit of what Jesus, what I think Jesus would say too. I'll, a they're, combination of both. They're not that far away. So right. Go, yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I would just say, well, first of all, what I think... Jesus would say, like, if he had to answer the question, if someone came up to him um, and said, Jesus, like, teacher, why do I have to pray? I feel like he would have some, some like, special, like, Jesus-y answer that, like, makes us think <laughs> in, like, some, like, parable or riddle or something. Um, but I think he'd probably say you don't. You don't have to pray. Um, mm. Like, it's, you don't have to. Um, but I want you to, because I want to know you, um, because I love you because I created you and I want to have a relationship with you. Um, so if you're interested in that, um, then pray and let's have a chat. Um, and I think, yeah, I think that's how we would respond. And then honestly, does it even work? It works if, if you're talking about um, aligning your heart with God, because I do think that the more that you pray, the more aligned that you'll be. Um, Does it work in terms of I prayed for my train to arrive on time and it came on time? I mean, sometimes. Um, Does it work in terms of I prayed for world peace and there's world peace now? 
no. Like, so it's, it's yeah. so, it's unpredictable, but it's, I think in our conversation earlier, Brittany, when we were preparing for this podcast, you said that we can't treat God like a spiritual Santa Claus. He's, it's not, right. prayer isn't, um, we pray and we get what we want all the time. And sometimes that's really hard to reconcile. And like I said, I just want to leave room for that and, mm-hmm. and leave kind of some, some, sadness for that um for some people Mm -hmm. who are still working through that and compassion there um but also hope because there is hope because prayer does bring us closer to god and ultimately i think as a christian that's all we could ever ask for right is to be close in a relationship with our creator and to become more and more like him um and to ultimately have hope that one day we will be like with him forever and prayer doesn't get us there um Mm -hmm. But prayer is a way that we can, um, just like I said, just continue growing our relationship and and that hope that we have in in Jesus. It's really good, Alyssa. Um, I wouldn't say I would say the opposite, but I I think I think people pray more than they realize. Um, mm. I think you know it's the classic sitcom when someone gets into a car accident or they have three bad things, like they they generally ask why and they look up to the sky. Um, yeah. I think sometimes when something really wonderful happens, um, you know, I'll never forget when my second daughter was born. Like I, I had never seen my wife work so hard in her life of like just, and like I, I had no words of that miracle. Um, it was a different pregnancy with my firstborn so I love that pregnancy too but with the second born there's some difficulties but I would just challenge people that in the highest moments of your life and in the lowest moments of your life you're looking to go somewhere and Mm -hmm. I think my I want to be just super practical here whether you follow Jesus or not or you're wondering about prayer I, I would just encourage you to pick one person and just start praying for them and just the very simple prayer God, I pray for this, for your best in this person's life. Um, over this last year, like I've kept a list of people I've prayed for. And, um, you know, some of them have been through hard things. Some of them have also been through great things. But I, I think when you start praying for someone else, um, and I'd even challenge you to pray for an enemy, like the boss you mm-hmm. don't like, the, you know, the neighbor that, picked the wrong tile for their back porch Um, or, (laughs) you know, but, you know, I would challenge you because I, I think there's something that happens when you just take something simple like that and you begin to experience a little bit of what Brittany's talking about where it's not, God, I'm angry because you didn't give my mom and dad a million bucks in retirement, but you literally just say, God, I, I just want this best for this person. And you begin to notice things about what God's doing. And so at the end of the day, my final remark is, you know, instead of like questioning, you know, about God and where it, like there's moments that you're invited to pray and why don't you just lean in? Mm. Yeah, I think, Peter, I would echo those final comments, especially the last sentence that you just said. Um, you know, sometimes we, we live in a world, not sometimes, all the time, where we are just like bombarded with information constantly. Like people who are listening to this podcast right now, like they might also be scrolling Instagram or they might be driving somewhere and seeing billboards or they might get done with this podcast and they might literally jump to the very next episode or, you know, then scroll Netflix. Like we are, our brains are just constantly 
bombarded with information and it becomes such a distraction to the things that I think God actually wants to dig into with us. Mm. And so what I would say as a final remark is if, as you've been listening to this podcast, there's something here where you're like, oh, that intrigues me or, oh, that that raises my eyebrow or, oh, that frustrates me or I, I want I want more. I wish they would have said more about X. Um, I would just really encourage everyone listening to when this episode ends to like take a minute and just take a breath and stop um, to the best of your ability. Stop intaking so much stuff, so much noise and just sit in silence for a few minutes and reflect on the things that you've heard on this podcast that maybe are stirring up something in your soul. And then if you're open to it, like take a step closer, whatever that looks like, whether that's raising those things that are being stirred in your soul right now, raising that with a mentor or a spouse or a pastor or a friend or whomever. Um, or, or maybe it's... Um, choosing to dive in deeper into this idea of prayer. Um, I, like, not that I want this to be a shameless plug, but like the study that I wrote is six weeks of your life. Like if you do it and you hate it, okay, what did you really lose? A little bit of time. So what? We waste so much time watching Netflix anyway. Um, but like, what do you have to gain? Like what, what if digging into whatever it is that's stirring up in your soul right now what if digging into that actually is the thing that changes your life? What if? And is it worth just trying something new to see what God does with that? Wow. Um, well, Brittany, I got some good news. This is uh, your first podcast with us, but it definitely <laughs> won't be your last. Ooh, so we're uh, we're gonna make sure we're gonna make sure we have you back on. Where can people find you? Oh, that's so nice, Peter. Um, yeah, so my website is brittanydykus.com. Um, I'm certain that my name will be in the show notes, so you can find the spelling there. And then I'm also on Instagram, like, I guess, if you want to follow me there, it's <laughs> at B underscore Dykus. I make a joke on my website where I'm like, you can follow me on Instagram if you want, but it'd probably be much more fun for both of us if you followed me on Peloton. So <laughs> I'm also available there if you want to be workout buddies. Um, and Brittany, where can people buy your book if they're interested? Shameless plug. Actually, no, my plug isn't shameless. Yours can be shameless. Mine is full of shame. Like, buy the book. <laughs> Am I allowed to That's do that? That's amazing, that, Alyssa. Hashtag not an ad. I don't know if I have to say that. <laughs> hashtag not an ad. Um, yeah, so Amen is available on Amazon Prime. Um, so when you order it, it arrives in like two or three business days. Um, and that's where you can find it. You can just search in the search bar Amen Brittany Dykus and it'll pop right up. I felt awesome. like, I felt like I was just inter interrupting a moment between friends. So there's no other way to, you know, there was a very sweet moment there. So we're the OGs from the OQ. <laughs> Shout out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. Anyways, uh, you can find more about us at whygodwhypodcast.com. Uh, you can subscribe and you'll get this episode and many others like it. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah.